ברוך השם, you're a bad Jew. שלום. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bad Jew. If you clicked on this, it's because you want to learn about happiness. And I love the conversation of happiness so much that I dress differently. For those who are watching on YouTube, I look different. That's crazy. I'm formal. What's the deal? I, I honestly, I had meetings today during my business runnings and dealings and all that. And quite frankly, uh, it's just how it came to be. So instead of dressing how I typically do in cuts, I am a little bit more formal And with me today is Rachel Dadbin, who I met at the Chabad Banquet. How are you today, Rachel? I'm doing well, thank you. How's it going? It's going great. And mm-hmm. I am just, I'm really excited to have you back here uh, on The Bad Jew because we got to know each other. I, I heard you at the Chabad Banquet and I made the gutsy mm-hmm. move of approaching you without knowing you. And you were so welcoming and kind and, you know, I would say that to say that you are a happy and inclusive person is the understatement of the century. And I'm just really excited to get to know you on the show, but also to discuss the topic of happiness. But before we do that, Rachel, are you ready to withstand the bad Jew challenge of telling your sure. life story in four minutes? Okay, perfect. All right. All right. Here we okay. go. Echad, Stein, Shalosh. All right, so I was born in the Kaneha Valley. Um, I've lived here probably on and off my entire life. Uh, and I grew up in a loving Jewish home. Uh, I have an older sister. We're two and a half years apart. It was more so we grew up reform, conservative on the cusp. So I was very much exposed to Jewish values, beliefs, traditions. I always had a Havarah. I uh, went to Hebrew school. I was bat mitzvahed later in life, actually. Uh, my parents really very much raised me as I get to really choose my path. They're just the guardrails. So that kind of led me to really experiment in life. I experienced a lot of challenges probably as a teen. I had difficulties in school and learning. And I didn't really feel good about myself for a large portion of my life because I think I really noticed the difference um, of how differently my peers would learn compared to me. And it took me a little bit longer socially to notice cues because I didn't feel good about myself because I was so focused on the differences versus similarities, um, which really led me kind of in a downward spiral. Um, so definitely as a teen, um, I had a hard time, which really led me on my path of Judaism. And, and so basically when I was in high school, I was sent to boarding school. But that was a mutual choice because I think because of the values I was raised with, I was able to know, okay, I need something different. Um, I was very self-aware to a point always uh, that I just need, I had different needs compared to your average teen. I think my parents also made that very clear to me, very supportive too. Um, So I went out of state to boarding school for the last like year and a half, two years of high school. Um, and that was my introduction to Chabad um, because I was able to get, let's say, the mental health services I needed, educational services, the rehabilitation. And that's where I met Rabbi Benny Zippel, who really transformed my life. I always wanted to, to dive in, to be closer to God. And I think I've always been a spiritual person. 
And it was great because he was that introduction for me. Um, and so by the time I, let's say, graduated high school, I was praying every morning and night. And I, I think I would say I wasn't actively going to shul, probably more high holidays. Um, I would kind of just temple hop, right? Um, because I was so busy pursuing higher education and also just living life, um, just trying to get to know who Rachel is. And down the line, I met my husband-to-be um, and we got married. And now let's say we were together for a total of six years. We had our daughter. And I think this was like my prime focus of uh, reestablishing my relationship to Judaism, which was my divorce, uh, and really seeing the generation to generation component. So this is me kind of just reincorporating a stronger sense of Judaism in my life, which has really led to my overall happiness and having a sense of community. So that's, I guess that would be I guess, an overall about who I am. If you have follow-up questions, go ahead and ask. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did that so well. And and as you were describing your story, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if she's going to be able to keep it all in four minutes. But you have so much more. You kind of touched the tip of the iceberg there. I think one of the big themes that I really got from your story that really moved me is the fact that and I, I heard this in, relation, in, in relationship to exercise and comparisons, right? And yeah. comparison is the thief of joy, right? Yeah, and we're here today exactly. to talk about the Jewish perspective of joy. When I heard that, I was like, that's honestly the kind of positivity that we need. And, you know, Judaism has a lot of ways of going about happiness. We are a very happy people. We have all of these words right here. Simcha, Osher, Ora, Gila, Rina, Ditsa, Sasan, Sahada, Chedzva. You know, it's, it's, there's all these different ways to say happy in Hebrew, which is beautiful. But Rachel, much. we're here to ask you today, how do Jews define happiness? You know, what's so funny is I found my dad gave me this years ago. It's the prescription of happiness. And this is really from a Jewish perspective, which I can read it off. Um, yeah, please. Yeah. So it says happiness prescription. So five times a day for a thousand days. I think I appreciatively and gratefully, and that's something that we can really just reflect because I feel like just daily, because I feel like the Jewish people, we are very reflective. We ask questions. We're not meant to just do as someone says. I mean, I know if there's probably some debate about that, but it's really important to ask questions. I feel like that culturally speaking, we are taught to ask questions. And so a question we can ask ourselves, even when we're probably at our lowest or even at our highest or middle ground, what am I grateful for now? So that, that's an example. The second one is I speak and act joyfully and kindly. You can fill in the blanks there what can I say kindly now? So sometimes a lot of us, I could say this for myself, if we're overwhelmed or not feeling, let's say some positive emotions, it's, or we're frustrated or something, we, we can act that, we can say things that are harsh. 
So it's really asking ourselves in that moment, like, what can I say kindly now? Uh, which is not easy to do for when we're in the moment. Um, the third one is, I assume there's a benefit. What's the, What's good about this? I mean, I would say we all experience challenges in life. Like I, I think of my divorce or, uh, and it's what's good about this. So that's something I've been pondering on and off for almost two years now. And so you guys can think about, you know, what are what is something you're pondering about? What's the benefit for? I strive for meaning and goals. What's my goal for now? And really, there's there's short term and long term. And so it's so important to have that goal in mind. I mean, think of I think of like just how Judaism formed and the ongoing stages of of where we are now as a people. Five, I see myself being the way I wish to be. How do I want to be? That's a, that's a moment to moment question. How do I want to be? Because each moment we make decisions. And I focus on solutions. What outcome, what outcome am I looking for? I mean, that, that really goes to say each moment, whether it's work-related, pers- personal, it could be anything. What outcome am I looking for? I let my challenges develop my character. This too will develop my character. I mean, I, I feel like I see that in like our founding fathers and the different weekly, the Parshas is like, that's really, I mean, a huge focus. It's how, how will I develop my character? What choices do I make Absolutely. that's developing my character? And, and if I could interject on that. Yeah, one, please. It, to what what you just said was a very similar phrase to two two expressions in Hebrew that are that are very common that we hear all the time. It is gamze avor, this too shall pass, and also yeah. gamze latov, this too is for the good. And it's that principle that no matter what happens to you, it too will be for the good because it'll eventually lead to something that is better, even if things are really hard right now. For full yeah. vulnerability's sake, I'll tell you right now. I had a panic attack yesterday. It was really bad. It lasted a grand total of two minutes and I calmed down and then spoke with my loved ones and I was fine. But I had a panic attack and, you know, my happiness was impaired for a temporary period of time. And something that I always try to remember as I wear this ring that says Gamze Avor. Uh, a testament to King Solomon, by the way, who's one of my favorite yeah. Jewish figures of all time. Wow. You know, I really strongly believe that holding that principle will make you a stoic and above being a stoic, it'll make you happy. It's, Sorry, continue. That's so <laughs> no, I'm saying like, it's so, I mean, to share that and then to give yourself, I think like that's like just, it's like, I, I like to call it just an object, right? It's a reminder, a transitional object is how, what can bring us back to that place that, that will keep us grounded and in the moment so that we can find our happiness or some middle ground. Feeling. Absolutely, a reset button. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's awesome that, yeah. that you Out have of curiosity. that reminder. Yeah. yeah. Out of curiosity, do you have a reset button or some kind of reminder that brings you back to earth? You know what? 
I you know, that's a really good question. Um, I would say for an example, because I'm a single mom and a parent, I think all parents have this is um, I, I have phrases and I, and I close my eyes too and I have visual images. So it's, I think of my daughter and I have my, my ex comes like every 30 to 40 days to visit her. And so it's really just me. My parents step in time to time. I'm very grateful for them. But it's like, okay, she's only, she's still learning. She's only four. I mean, she's almost four. She's still learning. So am I. Take a deep breath. You know, if I'm, if she's frustrated or if I'm frustrated, you know, vice versa. So it's like that, that's a really huge, like, reset reminder for me. Um, Also, because I'm a therapist, I also think of my own therapist (laughs) Oftentimes I'm like, okay, if I was telling her what was happening now, what would, what would she say? And it's like, well, take a deep breath, you know, (laughs) or I have a a picture in my room um, of just, it's a painting of, um, of a woman. And I feel like that helps bring in my, just this feminine energy and reminding me like, it's okay. Like this is part of, part of my role on this planet. Like this, and really this too shall pass. I'm very much, because of my background, I was trained in addiction and I've worked with people who were really struggling with addiction. I had to go to a lot of 12 step meetings. And so it's this too shall pass. Really a lot of just different phrases is like, get out of your own way. So it's really just those mindful remarks of, that are reset. The words of shift. wisdom that have impacted your life can always bring you back. I, I think back to when I, when I'm dealing with these, you know, big emotions, whatever you want to call them, I have to remind myself all the time of those words of wisdom, just like what you said. And I think back to some of the tools as well that different therapists have brought up. So uh, a therapist of the past always said, find an object and just simply rub your fingers on it. That's why the yeah. very ring I brought up earlier, it's actually a fidget ring. It spins around. That's the first Oh, thing. I love it. That's yeah, awesome. So, so that's like, that's like strictly a part of like, that's induced by, that's inspired by the fact that I need some kind of sensory, you know, projection out there, right? Another one, a great tool that I was taught a long time ago was to find colors in the room, to find colors in the space oh, that you're in. yeah. So if you're in a one. thought spiral, if you're in a thought spiral, right? Think of any random color. Maybe the color is red. Now your job is to find five red things. And so you're just listing off all the red items that you find, right? And that will interrupt yeah. your thought spiral and bring you back to earth a little bit. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I also think back, the big one is remembering, and this is if you don't know how to pray, this is also a great way to pray as well, is thinking back to like just listing off things that you're grateful for. And there's no wrong answer for it. Um, oh, yeah. And, and you, that's a way that you can pray as well, if you don't know how to pray, is to just list off things that you're grateful for. So that was taught by my rabbi, Rabbi Jack Malol. And I think that it's just, uh, is, is a, it definitely ties into this conversation for sure. And, you know, it's so interesting. I'm so glad you said that because I think they're just in general, probably there's so many ways to pray. And I think as one's exploring Judaism, I think it's okay, so there's a right way to pray or a wrong way to pray, but then really is, or you do it this way, or no, that's not right, or that way. Something I learned probably in my journey, just exploring spirituality and how that relates to Judaism, is someone looked at me, I was in a, 
I want to say, I forgot what kind of group it was, but it was non-denominational. It was more so, it was just meeting just different people from different backgrounds. And someone looked at me because I was really hard on myself. There was a very brief period, very brief, where I was like, I couldn't get myself to pray. Or I felt like I had to do it in a certain way. But I realized I was praying this whole time because he said to me, if you're expressing gratitude, you're praying. If you're praying, that's a form of prayer, that you're, you're okay. You're not going against God. You're still in touch. Uh, and I think that's something to remind ourselves is that, you know, we all have different challenges. We, we are the ones who really get in our own way. No one else. It's our thoughts around a situation. So the gratitude piece is so important. And even just to remind ourselves at the beginning of the day or end of the day, I do this. Uh, my hypnotherapist taught me this is because, I don't know, I'm tired at the end of the day. I don't know about you. Is to list out something you're grateful for and then something that you forgive yourself for to lighten the load. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Love that. It's yeah. big. It's 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 an incredible way to pray. It's an incredible way to center yourself. I think having that be at the at the end of your workday, right? You're saying to do that at yeah. the end of your workday. I think that's a yeah. great way to go about wrapping up work as well. They don't talk about that in the professional spaces often, but I think that's a great way to bring yourself uh, from the transition of your professional persona, which I am in now, as you can see, to your yes. personal persona, right? So yeah. Yeah, otherwise we carry stuff with us and it's hard. It's hard to kind of find that balance to break off. So it's like, there's just, we have to let go so we can find, so we can reset, so we can find our happiness and know that tomorrow is a new day. Absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to get your reaction to this one article I found as well. This is from Moment Magazine. There were different rabbis that were reacting to the question of what is happy and Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches, if you don't feel happy, pretend to be. Even if you are downright depressed, put on a smile, act happy. Genuine joy will follow. While at first glance, this might appear to be disingenuous. The Rebbe is inviting us to be fully human. Joy, once activated, opens us to our aliveness, our chiyut. It draws us to the state of mochin de gadlut, spacious mind from which we can see things from God's eye view. And I, I, I thought that was a, a you know, the, the fake it till you make it concept. We oh, have yeah. heard that all of our lives in the secular world, but I yeah. very rarely hear advocacy from the Jewish world on fake it till you make it. What's your reaction to that? You know, I think that's how oftentimes change is made because that helps shift our, our thoughts, our, our thoughts and our behaviors and then our feelings. It de- I mean, it depends what order, right? Is it really goes to show that um, we're feeling creatures, we're human. Um, But change is made also by behavior changes because if we change our behavior, eventually the feeling will follow, the thoughts will follow and change is uncomfortable. There was something Rabbi Brisky said each week. I mean, I love his his sermon. He was on the podcast, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. And I just just love hearing him speak and it's, it's really goes to show that this life isn't supposed to be easy. So yes, we're going to have moments because we're here for a higher purpose. And there's an individual basis to that, but probably a very whole concept. We each play a part in something is that 
we're not supposed to have all the answers. That's why we have to fake it till we make it. I'm not saying he said that, but based on what you just read, I mean, it. to me, it makes sense based on the values of Judaism and that life really isn't meant to be easy. We're meant to work. We're meant to learn. Yeah. That's all part of it. We don't yeah. come here knowing. And, and and to add to that as well, going outside the Jewish perspective for a second, even though this is a Jewish learning podcast, sure. there was a quote that I heard recently from the Stoics. I, I follow a lot of uh, Stoicism, motivational, inspiring quotes, you know, Instagram and TikTok reels and whatnot. Call me, call me a basic whatever you want. I don't care. But um, I heard this one quote that I was like, this is a solid quote that I need to live by more so. And that is, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the tools to withstand a hard life. And I was like, oh, that I need more in my life. Like that, that's what I need. And that's why I go to therapy. And that's why I surround myself with loved ones. And, you know, I'm not saying that these individuals are tools, but they certainly are remedies to a lot of these hardships that anyone can endure in life. And we have, as human beings, we're, we have to be connected. We have to connect to one another and smile even when we don't feel that way to welcome in new opportunities. I think, I think that's such a big, such a beautiful value, really. It, it very much is. And I think I'm actually when I was studying for my licensing board exam, and I had to basically relearn. It was like a review. It felt like I was in school again, but not really. Um, just touching up on all the years of schooling and something that I learned, which made so much sense is, so because this is a Jewish podcast, I will share this. And I'm also, I, you know, I'm also Jewish and we both are, is oftentimes the Jewish, like the Jewish people are more receptive to therapy. It goes back to, because we're really taught to look at ourselves, that introspection is a huge piece. And I think that's really much ingrained on a cultural and religious level. You think of all the commentaries. And so that makes us just culturally speaking, obviously there's, you know, there's different elements. Maybe it's true or not true, but to really strive in personal growth. I think that's that. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it, but that really, it makes sense it, why you're so interested in motivational uh, speaking and hearing what people have to say. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I think mental health is such a big part of Judaism that is seldom spoken about. We oftentimes focus on the stories of the Bible, but forget to tie that into how mental health is a part of that. Ellie Sandhouse, who is an actor uh, who is in, also in yeshiva school, he got onto this podcast and he talked about the the different layers of mental health and how the Talmud describes it. And I thought it was a really fascinating multi-layered conversation about that perspective. I thought that was just so fascinating, but it led to happiness. And you see him on the podcast. He has one of the biggest smiles, you know, it's just, it's just really heartwarming here. Uh, I, I realized by the way, there was probably more on that list that you were reading at the beginning. Can we go back to that for a second? I wanted to make sure we finished that because your dad gave a really great resource there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, so I think we left off. There was a total of nine. Okay, I think we left off. I can just, eh, I don't know if I, we said this. So seven was, I let my challenges develop my character. This too will develop my character, which we have been talking about. This is what we've been discussing. Gums Eight told, is, yep. yes, yes. I consistently access positive states. My awesome brain stores my best states. What 
state for now. So I think that's going back to really like that reset button and really something that I do, which I didn't mention, I was thinking about it, is I learned this in hypnotherapy, is I take my two, like my point, I think it's my pointer and my thumb, and I hold that and I just like visualize like my higher self in my visual, because I did so much hypnotherapy. I'm a huge proponent of that because I, it's, I just, I, I love it. I was able to eventually through my work with my hypnotherapist decide and we all have ways of decide like what what does my higher self look like? Who is Rachel and her her elevated self, herself that has, you know, that has the answers? Because I believe that each of us have the answers. We just need help getting there. We have the answers. Like someone can tell us what to do, but we don't really know if that's right. Uh, but that's part of the change, right? That's part of change. Yeah. yeah. Um, Love that. And then nine is this is the last one. I smile and wave to mirrors. They, I, they always smile and wave back to me. <laughs> that I sorry, I'm just picturing the forever alone hashtag right now. But, but what? Why? <laughs> why would? Why? So explain that one to me. That one didn't quite make sense to me. I mean, I smile and wave to mirrors. I mean, you know what? Actually, they always smile and wave back to me. Well, I think, I don't know what what exactly this is saying, but I'll interpret it in a way that I can understand it, is I believe in energy. Like if we're, we can, uh, we can, if we're in a bad mood, we can just easily start conflict in our life by not watching what we say, especially if we're not in a place where we're healed enough to manage our triggers and to understand we're feeling triggered. I feel like it's, and it's almost like that fake it till you make it is really like today, your dress you you shared at the beginning of your podcast is, you're, you know, you're dressed up differently today. I mean, I feel like you're putting out a different energy today and that's a conscious choice. So this is, I think, saying that where I'm going to smile, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make myself on the outer feel good. And eventually maybe the inner will, inner will feel good or this makes me feel good today. This is adding to my happiness, something that will lead me to an elevated emotion. That that does tie back into the fake it till you make it idea for sure. I think that's, I think that's, it, it makes perfect sense, especially I tend to get lazy with my beard sometimes. Right now it's even a little, there's a little stubble spilling out from the regular line that I have, right? I went to the barber less than a week ago, right? Uh, probably TMI. But anyway, uh, the reason why I bring this up is because when I get really lazy, my face gets real bushy. And when my face gets real bushy and I start to do business, I notice that the energy that I put out to others is not equivalent to the same energy I have when my face is where I desire it to be. And that's not a knock on rabbis with big, long beards. That's a knock on to my own personal style preference. It's just something I noticed about myself for sure. When we all have those cues, right, of like, where do I need to look at myself and reset? And I think I love that you said the reset, because I think that's like just a a perfect term. It's very neutral. And I think like that's very much like we all have our indicators of like, whoa, I need to take a step back and and reevaluate what I'm doing. I need to get back to I need to get back to what makes me feel good. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think you know, in the month of May, I wasn't able to 
practice my typical routines that help me reset on a regular basis because I was busy house sitting for my family. And I was, I was while house sitting, I was taking care of these dogs that, you know, they couldn't be walked together because they're both very strong dogs. They have to walk them one at a time. And that took extra time while by feeding them, while by playing with them, while by managing my own business and then wrapping up the day. And that was a really difficult time for me this year because I spent a lot of that month alone and not having the time for myself at the same time, which is a really weird dichotomy to balance out. So when I was experiencing that, I wasn't able to incorporate the prayer that I typically do. And I would have to set aside extra time to pray and to have that time to myself. Um, when I, when I finally got to implement that, it would help me reset and I would feel a little better. And now that I'm living my life normally again, back in West LA, recording bad Jew on a regular basis, speaking with amazing yeah. people like you and still staying connected with my family just from afar. Yeah. I do feel reset. I do feel that connection of being able to stay connected, being able to pray in the mornings and go about my business with this intention for the day. And it's a really beautiful feeling. I think prayer is a wonderful reset as well to put in there. Oh, yes. And, and I think too, is like, for example, like you shared that, you know, you had, you had other responsibilities in your life to manage. And I think of like thoughts that we have is just in general, like is right now I'm kind of, you know, right now I'm, I'm sort of winging it. Like, what do I have day by day? Because I'm trying to really focus on my business, take care of my daughter. And it changes like what I actually have the energy for and depending on the day and what I can actually get to. It's hard to get when you're taking care of another person. It's really hard to take care of yourself. It's trying to find that balance. Um, and it's like, what can I do today? Whether it's prayer, uh, whether it's a walk, whatever that is that can help recenter and kind of offset that challenge of not being able to do your usual routine and kind of being in that place of acceptance. It's it's very like mindful of what's going to bring me. I love mindfulness, by the way, because I think a lot of Judaism incorporates elements of mindfulness that just bringing us back to the here and now. I think that's so well said. And a strong part of why I love Judaism is because mindfulness is such an integral theme to what we are. It's in our Ten Commandments. It's in our 613 mitzvot. It's it's a part of a great deal of the Hasidic movement that we see today. And I've I've been really inspired by it. It's really what brought me to my Jewish awakening is that sense of mindfulness and realizing that this is something that is a deep part of my integrity to prioritize or my my identity to to our to prioritize. And it's been, it's been really beautiful since then. And I think there's something, that's something that we share together, Rachel. So I want to thank you again for being on this podcast. For those who are listening, what is the best way for them to connect with you? Um, you can access my psychology today page that will, um, you'll be able to contact me either by phone or email. Um, I'm contracted with a company called Alma. So they will verify your insurance information if you cannot, if you're not wanting to utilize cash, cash payment. It depends also on your copay, what that is through your insurance. But I utilize Alma and uh, yes, you can just contact me through Psychology Today or Alma.
whatever whatever is best for you. Wonderful. And I don't typically do this on the podcast, but I, I figured I want to leave the audience with a lasting message besides just how to reach out to you to seek therapy and to seek help, achieve their goals, reach their highest potential in life. What is a piece of advice or a behavior that someone can adopt to embed their life and become their highest potential self? One step at a time. I really, truly believe that. I'm living it right now because for the most part, I have this overall goal, right? So let's say it's private practice or to really develop my routine as a single parent with working, right? And maintain all the responsibilities in my life. So it's one step at a time and perfection isn't the goal. It's the journey. So that's why one step at a time is so important because nothing happens overnight. I have so many wonderful people in my life, friends and family, community who continue to remind me of that because again, I'm human. I have my challenges too. So I think that's something to to really think about and to integrate in one's journey. Well, I think on that note of giving everyone the chance to think about it, I'm going to end this show and give everyone the chance to reflect on that, carry that energy with them throughout the day. I want to thank you, Rachel, again, for being on this podcast, sharing your wisdom, both Jewish and non-Jewish information. It's, I think, a really wise and holistic approach to approaching happiness. And thank you for being on the show. Seriously. Thank you, Chaz. Thank you for having me. Shalom.